0: us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do pray this morning that you would enable us to abide with you as you promised to dwell with us. We long to be with you in your presence every day because we know that's where there is blessing and joy to be found. And so we turn now to your word and we pray that as you teach us and instruct us from it, that our hearts would be warmed and we would delight to be in your presence more and more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Once again, our scripture passage is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20 on page 979 of the Pew Bible. We have been working through this passage looking at the battle, the spiritual battle with which we are engaged as well as the armor of God and the various components of it. And now we come to the conclusion of this section, focusing here on verses 18 through 20. Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Any soldier who has been in battle and has now been in the company of new replacements to the war is the kind of person who has the ability to speak knowledgeably about what the battle is really like. And it's to that kind of person that a new soldier wants to listen. In a similar fashion, Paul here is writing as a veteran soldier, so to speak. His circumstances that he is in chains. He says he is an ambassador in chains. Most likely riding from Rome under house arrest, chained to a Roman guard 24 hours a day. He is the one who has been in the thick of the battle and now is the one who is able to write to his people to say, this is the kind of instruction that you need. He knows the battle and he knows the only hope of success in the battle. Now, our tendency is often to live our lives in our own strength and own power. We did it before we became Christians. If we were those kind of people who were churchgoers, we probably sought to perform to be acceptable to God. In other words, we engaged in works righteousness. It was a sense of self-sufficiency. We don't leave all of that behind when we become believers. We continue to live in some respects under our own power and authority and self-sufficiency. Even the tendency, you might say, to take this armor that God has given to us through Christ, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the Spirit, all of these components of the armor, and to say, now I will go out and defeat the enemy because I have the armor. And Paul says, now the key that you need to success in the battle is not simply to put on the armor, but prayer. You need to live in dependence upon the Lord in prayer. So this is not a new piece of armor that God has given to us, but the way in which we put, arm, put on the armor is to pray. Grammatically speaking, this command here in verse 18, praying at all times, actually ties back to the verb in verse 14, stand. How do you stand in the battle? You pray, praying at all times, he said. And so our lives are to be permeated with prayer. The whole battle with which we engage is to be permeated with prayer. The armor will not work unless we pray and ask God to be the one who is our strength to defeat the enemy. Notice here how much time Paul gives to prayer in comparison to each piece of armor. He does so because he knows this is the most vital thing that there is. And so prayer is the way in which we receive strength from the Lord. Back in verse 10, he said, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. The primary way that we do that is to pray. So Paul punctuates his teaching on prayer here with four times using the word all. And that will be our outline here today. He talks about all times. He talks about all prayer and supplication, all perseverance, and for all the saints. So the first question we might ask is, when should we pray? Paul says, at all times. That's when we ought to pray. Most of us are probably situational prayers. We pray at mealtime, we pray at bedtime, we pray when there's a crisis that comes along. Paul says, pray at all times. He says this throughout his writings Pray without ceasing. This should be the mode of our lives that prayer punctuates every moment of it. Every single day is to be punctuated with prayer. And that's because the Christian life is lived in the presence of God. If we're going to have success as a Christian in the battle, if we're going to know God better, which is the whole point of life, then we need to have this vital living personal connection with the Lord. And we do so with prayer. Coming to Him daily, moment by moment, connected with God in prayer. Growing in intimacy with Him. Knowing Him better. Knowing His presence with us and feeling it and sensing that. It's the very thing that Jesus commanded, right? I am the vine. You are the branches. Remain in Me. Abide in Me. When we pray... We abide with Christ. We're with Him. And that's the very thing that He longs for the most, is for us to be with Him and for Him to dwell with us. And the more we do so, the more we want to share everything with God. Much like you might do with your best friend in life. The closer you become with that best friend, the more you want to share everything with them. And if it's your spouse, you've committed your life to them because you want to share everything with them. Your joys and your happinesses, your trials, your burdens, your fears and your doubts. Everything you want to bring to the Lord because you're growing in intimacy with Him. All of life is a life of prayer. David speaks of this in Psalm 109. The first four verses say this, Be not silent, O God of my praise, for wicked and deceitful mouths are opened against me, speaking against me with lying tongues. They encircle me with words of hate and attack me without cause. Here David is crying out to the Lord because his enemies encamp about him. And look what he does. In return for my love, they accuse me, but I give myself to prayer. Actually, literally, it says, I prayer." Or maybe a different way to translate it. But as for me, even though they attack me, but as for me, prayer. In other words, he wants his whole life to be about prayer. To be with the Lord. Present with Him. Intimate with the Lord in every way. Jesus is the primary example of this, isn't He? You look at His earthly ministry and everything in which He did. He prayed. He woke up early in the morning to spend time in prayer when times were stressful and and people began to encroach around him, he went off and prayed to his heavenly Father for hours because it's the thing that he loved the most was to be with his heavenly Father and to rejoice in his presence. I remember when I first got a taste of this, I was actually working at a hotel as a maintenance man at Daytona Beach, Florida. I was there with a college ministry on a summer project and my job was to be this maintenance man. Most of the time I was painting. Now there were several other students who were there with me and they worked at this particular hotel and we had a great witness with the other employees. And it was an opportunity to love them and share the glories of the gospel with them. But there were hours of sort of mindless painting, using a roller and painting cottages by the sea. And I started thinking to myself, you know, What am I going to do with this time to grow to know the Lord better? What am I going to do with this time to build the kingdom? And I thought, well, the only thing I can do is pray. And literally for hours a day as I was rolling and using a paintbrush, I was praying. And it was the first time I began to realize that my life is lived before the Lord and the way in which I do that is in prayer to be with Him and to be intimate with Him. And So I learned what it was like to pray without ceasing, but more than that, I learned what it was like to have intimacy with the Lord. Now, for some of you, that may sound foreign. For all of us, it sounds like a great challenge, doesn't it? We have urgent lives. We are busy. We often don't have time for prayer. And so, what can we do? Where do we get help? Well, he says here that we are to pray at all times in the Spirit. We're to pray in the Spirit. And he's already spoken of this a couple of times back in chapter 2, verse 18. For through Him, that means through Christ, we both have access in one Spirit to the Father. And then down in verse 22, in Him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So we have access into the presence of God through the Spirit. But not only that, but God dwells with us through the Spirit. Intimacy of communion between God and His people. This is the very thing that He wants. And so the way in which we grow in this is in the Spirit. All real prayer is offered in the Spirit. Because it's the way in which we experience both the presence and the power of God. Think of some of the things that the Spirit does in our lives. He comforts us. He encourages us. He teaches us. He leads us in paths of righteousness. He gives us words to say when we do not have words to say. There are many things that the Spirit does in our lives. So how do we pray in the Spirit? Well, you can't control the Spirit's working. He works as He pleases. But maybe you've heard the saying, you need to pray until you really pray. You need to pray until you really pray what that means is that there are oftentimes times in our prayer lives when we're, we're praying the same rote things over and over to where they don't have meaning anymore. We're cold. We're heartless. There's no warmth towards the Lord. It all seems external and mechanical. And the more we begin to pray and pray and pray and pray, sometimes it's like a light begins to shine and the coldness begins to break up and the Spirit begins to bring warmth into our hearts so that now we're actually delighting in His presence. And there's a newfound freedom in our prayer. We're not just simply going over the same things over and over that we had been over before again and again. But all of a sudden, He begins to bring things to mind. And we feel as though there's a, there's a freedom that I have, a freedom of access into His presence. So that He welcomes me and He wants to hear from me and I, I want to pour out my heart to Him and I want to tell Him all the things that I'm excited about. And I want to tell Him all the things that I'm filled with joy over. I want to tell Him all the things that I'm burdened with. And I begin to remember all the things that I've done in the past maybe and I begin to confess to Him. Maybe sins I've never confessed before. Things that I have forgotten from my past. But because there's a newfound freedom and joy in His presence, I want to confess those things to Him. Because I'm praying in the Spirit and in the power of God. And I, all of a sudden, lose track of time. And I'm not ready to finish just to get to the urgent things of the day, but I'm caught up in it. And I'm lost in wonder, love, and praise. It's a picture of what it looks like to pray in the Spirit so that you delight in the presence of the Lord. And before long, what you realize is that there's this personal exchange that's taking place. I'm communicating to God, but more than that, He's communicating to me and I have this great sense of His love as His Spirit is testifying with my spirit that I'm a child of God and deeply loved. And He's communicating His promises to me and bringing them to mind from His Word. And there's joy and elation and light And purity. Because I'm praying at all times. In the Spirit. So sometimes we actually need to pray. Until we really pray. Is there any better way to defeat the enemy. Than to be so captivated with the presence of God. That you want to be with him at all times. Friends there's no power like that in your life that can drive out your sin, drive out your doubts, drive away the flaming darts of the evil one, than to be in the presence of the Lord that way. So Paul says here to pray all times. Keep at it. Make time for it. Pray until you pray. But what prayers ought we to pray? That's the second question. It's this. He says, with all prayer and supplication, With all prayer and supplication. Now this is a familiar phrase in Paul's writings. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says the identical thing. Pray with all prayer and supplication. The first word is just a general word for prayer. It may be saying that we are to pray all different types of prayer. Meaning that the content of our prayer ought to run the full gamut of Christian experience. After all, that's what the Psalms do, don't they? They run the full gamut of the Christian experience of confession, of praise, of supplication and petition to the Lord, of thanksgiving. All of these things ought to be present in our prayer life. In fact, if you were to look back in the book of Ephesians, you see Paul doing that very thing, both in chapter 1 and in chapter 3, praying for different types of things. But it's not only the content of our prayer. It's the manner of our prayer, too. There's different types of prayer that we pray, aren't there? Sometimes there are spoken prayers. Maybe it's in private even, but you you audibly pray. But other times it's just prayers in your own mind that aren't spoken. Sometimes there are corporate prayers, like we pray together when we gather together in worship. Sometimes it's individual prayers. Sometimes they're written out for us. Much like a psalm is written out for us. And God calls us to pray that prayer. Sometimes they're extemporaneous. Sometimes they're confused prayers. I don't know what I ought to pray. I don't know what the wise thing to do at this particular moment. Or maybe my own feelings are confused on the inside. And I just don't know how to get out when I'm supposed to pray. At other times they're filled with wisdom. And you wonder, where did that wisdom come from? But He says, I want you to pray with all kinds of prayer. But secondly, if the next word is more specific, and that is our supplications or petitions. Jesus said, ask anything in My name and it will be given to you. That is, we ask according to the will of God what He has declared to be good in His Scriptures. And so the Spirit has given us this freedom of access to come to the Lord and ask for things that He has promised. He wants us to ask for things that He has promised. He's given us those promises so that we can come back to Him and say, now Heavenly Father, this is what You have said You will do. Would You please do this? Sometimes He makes us wait for it. At other times He answers us right away. But He says, I want my children to come to Me. And pour out their hearts to me and god has given us a promise right here in this particular chapter that his strength is greater than the enemy pray it is his promise to us pray without ceasing at all times with all prayers and all supplications pouring your heart out to the lord so that's the kind of prayer life we're to have God says, come to me with everything. Well, thirdly, how should we pray? Well, he tells us here in verse 18 that we're uh, to pray with all perseverance. With all perseverance. If we're going to engage in this kind of life-transforming work of prayer, then we need to keep alert He says, to that end, or in other words, to the end of praying at all times, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert. Keep alert. It's a word actually that was used often of shepherds. That they were to keep awake and alert. Because there are wolves roaming around. And we are to keep awake and alert. Isn't that the very thing that Jesus told His disciples? The night in which He was arrested when He took Peter and James and John with Him, His closest band of disciples, and He says, now you wait here, but keep awake, keep alert, and pray. It's what He wants us to do so that we are engaged in prayer with minds that are alert to the enemy, minds that are alert to the schemes of the devil, minds that are alert to the needs of people around us, minds that are alert to our own spiritual growth, Keep alert, he says. Be watchful. There's a book by, uh, on prayer called Prayer by a man by the name of Hallisby. And uh, in that book, he talks about the building of the church and he equates it with drilling a deep mine. And he says there are those who maybe drill down deep with Uh, drilling equipment to make holes and then there are those who put the dynamite in and light it. And what he says in his book on prayer is that we often want to be the people who do something and light the dynamite. But we don't necessarily want to give our lives to the hard work of slowly drilling down. We don't always want to pray. We don't always want to persevere in it because it is a work that we are called to persevere in. But we need to be those kind of people who not only keep alert, but do so with all perseverance. Praying with all perseverance. So God's work is done. Now let me give you two helps in that. One, well let me first say, because prayer is such a work, it is difficult for us if you're like me, you know what it's like to begin praying and before long your mind is wandering to all types of things. Maybe it's the things you've got to do today. Maybe it's the football game that you saw uh, the previous day. Maybe it's, you're wondering, what am I going to cook next for the next meal? Whatever it is, your mind begins to wander to all types of things. It's a hard work to be in perseverance in prayer. So what do you do? One thing you can do is actually know the Psalms well. Well. The Psalms are prayers. They're songs, but they're prayers put to song. And one of the things that you can do is if you know the Psalms well, as you think about your life in your own situations, you can say, Now that particular Psalm speaks to my situation and pray through it. Read through it. Know the structure of the song. Know what he's crying out for. Know what the petitions are. Know the promises that he's trying to claim. Know the faith that He's evidencing. And begin to pray through that particular psalm so that it focuses your attention and helps you persevere. second little tip is simply to write down the things about which you want to pray. Write them down so that when you go to God in prayer, you can follow a chain of thought and be diligent and persevere, not forgetting the things about which you want to pray. But finally, the key to perseverance in prayer is simply a sense of urgency. Isn't that what Paul feels writing from prison? A sense of urgency. A great need. That I have a need before the Heavenly Father. And it's because I have a need that I go to Him and I, I do not want to let go until He hears me and hears my cries. And the more we grow in the sense of urgency that we have before the Lord and all the needs that we have, then we persevere. Finally, the question is this, for whom shall we pray? For whom shall we pray? Well, the answer is all the saints. It's what he says in verse 18, making supplication for all the saints. Now, if you notice what Paul has done in his letter, he has talked about God's grand scheme in Christ to unite all things in Jesus. And one of the things that he has united in Jesus is a people for Christ from every tribe and tongue across the face of the earth. And so he's talked about how in God's wisdom, he has brought together Jew and Gentile. People from all over the globe God is bringing together in Christ into this new community. This transformed community. This holy community. So that now we're all on the same side. Fighting side by side. And indeed fighting for one another. And the reason I want to pray for the saints, for all the saints, primarily is this. It's for the glory of my Savior. Because when all the saints grow to know Him better, serve Him well, worship Him well, pray to Him well, then Jesus is glorified. And so I pray to, the, for, to God for all the saints because I want Christ to be glorified more than anything else. And yet sometimes we fall into the trap of looking at Christians who have fallen, Christians who have made terrible mistakes, Christians around us who have been caught in sins. And our first thought is to bring judgment upon them in our minds. Rather than to say, now they're on my side too because they're on the Lord Jesus' side. And I need to pray for them rather than condemn them. You see, there's strength in unity. There's strength in unity. And if we're going to stand together as the church of Jesus Christ and not let the devil scheme his way and divide and conquer, then we need to pray for one another that we would be able to stand. Know each other. Know each other's needs. Know each other's struggles. Know the struggles of Christians around the world. Christians to whom some of these boxes will be going. Missionaries around the world who are suffering, who are alone, who feel the burdens pressing all around them. And put yourself in their place and say, That could be me. And wouldn't it be wonderful if there are Christians around the world praying for me? Who's praying for you? Who is praying for you? And for whom are you praying? Paul says, pray for all the saints. And he's a living example of that, you might say, right here. Pray also for me. There is no person above the need of prayer, especially here we see in the Apostle Paul an example of that. Being an apostle for over 20 years, pray for me pray for me he says i need it and what does he pray for that i might be or that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel i cannot do this without your prayers he says you can't serve in god's kingdom without the prayers of the saints i can't serve in god's kingdom without the prayers of the saints paul says i've been speaking about jesus for decades but I need you to pray for me so that He would give me words to speak. Not that He didn't know the right words, but the kind of powerful words that God will use to bring sinners into His fold. Maybe you've been in that situation where you've had the opportunity to speak to someone about the Gospel. And all of a sudden, these words of wisdom, these these words saturated with Scripture begin to come out of your mouth and you say, Now, where did that come from? Wow, and you feel like you've impressed yourself. It's the Lord. It's the Lord giving you those words. And you need one another, I need you, and you need me to pray for each other that we would serve God well. I heard the story about a man by the name of T.S. Mooney. He was a banker in Ireland. He was an elder in the Irish Presbyterian Church. Uh, he was a very disciplined man, a very routine man. He always did the same thing every day. And because he was so disciplined and diligent about his work, he was always promoted within the bank. Until one day the bank came to him and wanted to promote him one more time. And he says, I will go up no further. And they were confused and they said, no, Now, why is that? Don't you want the promotion? Don't you want more money? Don't you want more prestige, more power? And he said, I have a Bible study with boys on Sunday afternoon and I cannot compromise it. I will not give up more of my time to serve the bank. And he was known for having a Bible study with boys for years and years and years, praying for them, praying some of them out into the ministry and for decades having a powerful impact on the kingdom of God because he invested his life into them and prayed for them. One day when he was older on in years, people noticed that he wasn't about his routine anymore. And so they went to his house and they pushed open his door and there he was next to his bed on his knees the list of boys that he had been praying for open and he had gone to heaven having been praying for those that he loved and that's the picture that paul gives to us here isn't it pray at all times with all prayers and supplications with all perseverance for all the saints one writer once wrote most christians pray sometimes with some prayers and some degree of perseverance for some of god's people but we're to do that for all of god's people with all perseverance with all types of prayers and supplications and at all times now that's a powerful church because we have a powerful god who delights for us to be with him let's pray Lord, we thank You that the battle does belong to You and we confess that there are times when we want to put on armor, sometimes our own armor, the armor of the world, but sometimes Your armor and even fight in our own strength. And we pray that You would forgive us of that. But rather, would You help us by causing us to pray, to cry out at all times to You, to live in dependence upon You, to live in intimacy with You, The light being with your presence so that your church would grow and that your son would be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.